Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. And I hope you'll bear with me with uh, the voice that I have today. I don't know what's going on. It's just one of those things that has affected my my throat. I feel fine. But hopefully uh, you'll be able to endure the next couple of hours as we continue our conversation here on News Talk 1110 WBT and 1063 WRD. I want to start off just kind of as a follow-up to what we talked about on Friday. I want to find out about your New Year's Eve, your New Year's Day. I will talk about mine. I'd love to hear your thoughts, to hear how you celebrated New Year's Eve. I'll tell you what, increasingly from people who are older, I'm hearing people say, I didn't even bother to stay up. I simply went to bed, maybe 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the evening, didn't wake up. No concern about watching some ball drop or anything like that. So I would, during the course of the broadcast today, I want to hear how you celebrated New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and kind of as a continuation of something we talked about on Friday, I do want to hear about your hopes for the new year. Maybe just one thing that you would like to see. I'll be very glad to share some observations with you, including a last-minute trip I decided to take, which was very, very revealing in so many ways. (laughs) So many interesting things came out as a result of that. Any case, so we have set the table. I want to jump right in and talk about a threat that has not gone away. You know, one of the things that we always have to have in this country is eternal vigilance, especially when it relates to security. We cannot let our guard down. I think back to the era of the maybe mid-2000s when I first heard a presentation from John Guandolo, and he has an organization now called Understanding the Threat. And he talked about this program that was underway in America where the goal by radical jihadists is to subvert the government of the United States of America. That's the plan. This has not stopped. The threat has not gone away. Here we are heading toward 22 years since 9-11. That threat is not over with. It's ongoing. And what we do as Americans, I don't want us to operate in fear all the time. But as human beings, our attention span is clearly drawn away to many other things and we forget We have people plotting to destroy America and Americans all the time. The threat has not gone away just because we are not thinking about it. We're freshly reminded of this by what happened in New York City. New York Daily News has a very good story about this. The suspect converted to jihadism before New Year's Eve and that attack that occurred on NYPD 
Times Square cops. The suspect, a young Maine man, became fixated with radical Islam, jihadism. He's the one who did this. Wounding two NYPD cops with a massive curved knife just outside the Times Square New Year's Eve celebration. Oh, it's just, it sends chills down my spine. The rookie officer had his skull. Oh my gosh. His skull was fractured. Ultimately, the suspect was shot by police. And now, the local cops, the federal authorities, are taking a hard look at the internet history of this suspect. 19 years old, Trevor Bickford is his name, from Wells, Maine. The goal to determine if terrorism motivated the bloody, the bloody holiday attack. Duh. High-ranking NYPD official telling Daily News, this is under investigation as a terror attack. He radicalized about a month ago, not affiliated with any group, more like a lone wolf situation. How many times have you heard this? It's not new. Bigford expressing extremist beliefs on social media making threats he was going to attack a public official. The teen tried to swing a machete-like blade into a police officer's head. This happened on Saturday. He then whacked two other officers in the head with a giant blade. This This is chilling, folks. You have to see this knife. You really do. And you can understand why this poor officer has a fractured skull. The other wounded cop, eight-year-old veteran, identified as Officer Louis Iorio, suffering a cut to his head. One of the officers fired their service weapon, striking the suspect in the shoulder. The mayor, Mayor Adams, has met with the -the on-the-men rookie officer, saying he spoke with him and his dad and his mom and his girlfriend. He was being stitched up in good spirits and understanding his role saved lives of New Yorkers. The cop who opened fire, Officer Michael Hanna, Also a rookie, he joined NYPD back in April. One of the workers nearby saying they only heard the shots. People were running. Police at the scene quickly took Bigford into custody. The officers taken to Bellevue Hospital, along with the suspect, all three are in stable condition. Now, Bigford came to New York by Amtrak last Thursday, staying in a homeless shelter in the city. Cops recovered a bag that belongs to him. They found an apologetic note addressed to his mother and his family. Bigford felt he hadn't had a good enough, hadn't been a good enough person urged them to accept Allah in that letter and he seemed worried they would not take his advice. No arrest history but his mother and aunt became concerned about his turn toward jihadist ideologies and reached out to law enforcement which put him on the radar of the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force. So once again some advanced knowledge. Heads up. Love to get your thoughts as we continue our Monday broadcast on this first broadcast of 2023. Welcome. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, if you'd like to join the conversation, the Ingalls Markets talk line is 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. And on that text line, <laughs> I love the sense of humor of some of the people here. Vince, could you say, Don, I'm going to make him an offer he just can't resist. Just sort of matches your new voice. <laughs> thank you very much. Also on the text line. And we can thank Obama for aiding and abetting the jihadi U.S. attacks by dumping extremists in our country. Along the lines of what you're speaking of, Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, Vince. And I pray your throat clears up. Thank you. Appreciate all the prayers. I can possibly get. Also this, good evening, good morning, Vince, New Year's Eve, very laid back. Watching New Year's, Rockin' Eve on ABC, to watch the ball drop is always fun. That's been a tradition for a long time. Mr. Coakley, as for domestic terrorists, we also need to look at NPR and the anti-American and anti-capitalist poison they're broadcasting each day. Are they inciting their liberal listeners? It's a fair question. That's a very interesting discussion I had with someone the other day. How the agendas of those on the most radical left and the jihadis who want to undermine America, they are the same. There's no difference. The strategy is the same. It is to undermine from the inside. And... As a result, see the same destruction that they're wanting to bring about. A listener also sent a text to me of something that I think I need to bring to your attention. And it references a website from J.D. Rucker. And an alert that has gone out. Now, one of the things that I think is really important to understand, I've said to you before, we must not forget history. We must not forget our seasons of false security. How did 9-11 happen? There were warnings out there, and we didn't put some of the pieces together. Let me rephrase that. The federal government did not put the pieces together. They were out there. This J.D. Rucker piece, and I, I share this with you because I'm not surprised at all that this is out there. I encourage you to read this. Use your own judgment on what you think about this threat. I would just ask you initially, do you think terrorists have all of a sudden decided, ah, never mind? I don't think that way. J.D. Rucker reporting, DHS quietly issues terrifying alert, Al-Qaeda is planning another plane attack with new techniques and tactics. J.D. Rucker saying when government wants to bury a story, they release the story on a Friday. When they really want to bury a story, they release it during a holiday weekend when the vast majority of Americans are focused on anything other than the news. Well, the Department of Homeland Security decided to drop a bombshell release 
about an upcoming terrorist attack on Saturday, New Year's Eve. According to the intelligence, Al-Qaeda quietly recruiting new suicide bombers to use aircraft in attacks on the U.S., similar to what happened on September 11, 2001, using different strategies and tactics, according to the memo. Even though this was an internal memo, they knew with a certainty because of the vastness of the drop, it would be leaked to the media. As of two days following the drop, no corporate media outlet in the U.S. has reported on it. Atlas News did, though their focus was on the taunting of the CIA. Can I just interject here a moment? This is not a surprise to me at all. Because I find that many in the corporate media have zero interest in national security. They're too busy inciting us to turn on each other and wasting time on food fights with stupid, worthless political politicians and their issues. In any case, another publication, Judicial Watch, highlighting how federal air marshals who should be in the air prepared to stop terrorist attacks are busy trying to help process illegal aliens at Joe Biden's open border. This is crazy, isn't it? I would encourage you to read this article for yourself. Because he brings out a great point. Let's hope corporate media can break away from touting Volodymyr Zelensky or limiting Nancy Pelosi's exit from Congress long enough to warn Americans radical Islamic terrorists may be ready to strike our nation again. It's a real threat, has not gone away. We're distracted. Our people are distracted. Our federal agencies are distracted. I want to make sure you're not distracted. You know full well what's going on. That's my appeal to you. Get informed. Check out websites like my friend John Guandolo's understandingthethreat.com. Always good material there. If you're up to speed there, you're going to be up to speed on these kinds of issues. Very important that we are eternally vigilant. This is not new, folks. Not new at all. Still to come on the broadcast, we are going to talk about the upcoming speaker battle that will unfold in the U.S. House. A couple of versions of this story, one indicating that Kevin McCarthy may have this thing in the bag. Who knows? And I want to share with you a number of observations about my weekend. I think you'll find them quite intriguing as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. On the Vince Coakley Radio Program, and during the break, I uh, went to one of my go-to solutions for times like this, um, something I take that uh, seems to help ease my throat a little bit. Hopefully, it is sounding a little bit better as well. Over on the text line, let's pick up from here. Chris out of Shelby says, I just door dash you some white liquor and rock candy. Bring it on, Chris. This person with an appeal, please don't start 2023 off with panic porn. No, this is not panic porn. This is reality porn. There are folks who are determined to destroy us. They've not taken a break. 
that's a real threat. Not trying to scare us with all this domestic terrorist stuff. Trying to get you to mistrust your neighbor, your American neighbor. That's pure foolishness. And all of the hysteria associated with January 6th, that's panic porn. That's stupidity. Another texture, no, it's not new. Those of us that are very informed are still helpless as our representatives refuse to listen to us. Yes, these folks are really quite dense. Another person saying Biden gave them entire country fully equipped in which to operate from. Yep. Good morning, Vince. I listened to a lot of YouTube shorts over the weekend. I noticed that all the clips on Trump, good or bad, were all addressed with him in his way defending America. And all the negative clips were focused on attacking Trump the man. I think all people should be evaluating the party or the person. But where were we then and where are we now? That's a valid question. Clearly, we're on, in a situation where we're better off in the Trump era. I don't think anybody with any sense could disagree with that. No matter what you think of Donald Trump. Vince, I plan to fly with a fellow family member in a couple of months to go see another relative a few states away. The jihadist threat definitely concerns me in that regard. But our government has nothing better to do than to latch on to right-wing extremism and more divisive material. I'm wondering if we should hold our government responsible if we get attacked again for dereliction of duty. Jeff, you've hit it on the head. That's exactly what I made reference to when I told you they're trying to get you to be fearful of your neighbors while they are asleep at the switch with the many foreign threats against us, some being hatched on our soil. Vince, California just enacted a transgender free state. Kids can request change at six without parents' approval. Isn't that wonderful? Regarding inflation, the government thinks they can stop it. They must be responsible for it. More money supply, more spending. So my conclusion is the only absolutes in life are death, taxes, and inflation. <laughs> Pretty sad. Steve out of Indian Trail with this observation. Democrats are evildoers. Republicans are nothing doers. Wow, that's brutal. More advice here on the text line. Some honey, living, some lemon tea and local honey will clear that throat right up. We'll try about this. <laughs> Vince, is that you? I thought it was J.D. Hayworth in a bad mood. I hope you feel better quickly. And again, I remind you, I feel fine. Um, just the scratchiness has been developing over the weekend. I want to go into telling you about my weekend, which ends with some interesting political observation from where I was this weekend. Before we delve into the upcoming speakers race, because it's a story we definitely want to focus on. Very good weekend started off on Saturday with my son and daughter-in-law coming over, which was awesome. Always good to see them. They live in Tennessee now. Had a wonderful visit. And it one of the funny things about my oldest son, it's scary how much he's like me. I have a couple of friends. I drive them up the wall because when I visit them, I will very often pace around and talk. And I think of one in particular is like, you know, please sit down. <laughs> well, guess what? My oldest son paces just like me. In fact, I'm told all three of them do it. And we had the most extraordinary discussion. I'm so amazed at 25 how sharp this young man is. Some of the things that I'm sure he's learned from us as parents. But it's very clear He's a learner, and he goes after information. He's got a voracious appetite for information, and i um, very proud of him. The conclusions he's reached, because we have not 
spoon-fed or force-fed any ideology on him, but he's arrived at very independent thinking. And for that, I'm very thankful, very thankful. So I had that visit on Saturday morning. Awesome to have him come along with his wife, the wonderful young lady that she is. Then on um, Saturday evening, I made somewhat of a spontaneous trip. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. I decided I want to do something different. I don't want to sit and watch TV. And I thought there was really nothing I wanted to do here locally. Nothing. One of the things in my mind is I've been to every single corner of the United States of America, the continental U.S. I've been to every corner of the U.S. except for one. And I thought, you know what? Now's the time. I should go to that last corner of the country that I've never been to. I'm just going to do it. So I scheduled it Friday. And on Saturday, went to the airport and uh, got a wonderful seat. Um little inside thing I won't say any more about this but I have an arrangement where I have standby travel and actually this the flight was showing full so I thought you know it may happen for me it may not happen but I got to the airport the TSA line wonderful maybe three people in front of me and TS TSA pre-check breezed right through right as I breezed through my actual boarding pass, an actual seat, and an exit row. And this is an extraordinary exit row. I don't even remember what kind of plane it was. I should be ashamed of myself, the aviation nerd that I am. But I had an incredible amount of leg room. This was, this was awesome for a trip of this type. So I got my seat, and I think I posted on social media, it's on. <laughs> my trip to part of the country where I've not been. I'm going to talk more about this. Some wonderful people I met on the journey there and some observations from that city. All of that and much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So I'm telling you about my cross-country trip that I planned at the last minute. I was so excited about getting this. First off, I was glad to get a seat. Second off, I was thrilled to have a seat in the exit row with wonderful amount of leg room. And it's kind of interesting. I was texting with a good friend of mine in Mississippi and he was asking, you know, who you're sitting next to? And I said, um, just a very nice couple from Seattle which is where I was going. And I had not had any conversation with them, but I could tell they seemed like really decent people. Um, did a lot of texting, writing, planning during the trip. And it was really only the last hour that I engaged this couple. Um, it, it's kind of funny because my friend Randall figured out that I'm a person who loves to engage people wherever I go. I'm the kind of person I can make friends anywhere. And true to form, in in the course of things, end up sharing my text with the person next to me. In fact, uh, my friend sent the message, said, hello, nice couple. So I showed it to him, you know, just in in humor. You know, hello, nice couple, and, and communicates, hey, yes, hello back. Danny and Lauren, wonderful couple, been together years, 
live in the Seattle area. And we, I don't know how we got there, but ended up getting to a discussion about politics, current events, life. We had the most wonderful conversation. I don't know their political affiliation, but I love the fact they're independent thinkers. They love the things that I shared, and uh, we just connected well and had a great conversation in that last hour before we landed in Seattle. In fact, they may very well be listening now. I would just say, Danny and Lauren, if you happen to be listening, uh, enjoyed meeting you. And uh, again, Happy New Year. Very nice people. I'll tell you a little bit more about my journey, what I did, and get to interesting observations about the city, some very important ones. When I got there, I mean, one of my goals, too, is to make the travel as inexpensive as possible. Now, I'm going to tease you a little bit more and tell you... Um, I thought I might spend as much as $100. I spent 20 Actually, it was less than $20 on this trip. Less than $20. So, <laughs> uh, let me get to how uh, what went down from there. After getting off the plane, I took um, the light rail. It was very nice to get light rail to downtown. I think it's a brilliant idea to do here. I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of transit from a financial standpoint. It's just got to be recognized. It's not going to be a moneymaker. It's just not. It's going to be subsidized forever. But I was glad to have it, which is one of the reasons why I didn't have to pay anything. So I took mass transit to downtown, walked a few blocks, and uh, just killed time hanging out, dropping in different venues, in the downtown area of Seattle. One of my frustrations I quickly came upon, and it's not one just for me, I was like, I need a bathroom. I could not find one. All the restaurants had signs up, no public bathrooms. I'll tell you more about this a little bit later on. It was really cool by the time we got to midnight. I was hanging around in the general area of the Space Needle. And and I've got to tell you, once you've seen many cases, you see one fireworks show, you've seen them all. Uh, this was extraordinary to see the fireworks at the Space Needle. It was absolutely awesome. And the view, there was really no bad view standing on the street. It was so cold just to walk through the people and uh, just the festive atmosphere. I've not been in that kind of atmosphere on New Year's Eve for years. It was cool. It was just absolutely awesome. And that fireworks show, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So, uh, after watching the show, got walked a few blocks. I thought it, the light rail would shut down at midnight. Turns out it did not. It was going to be continued. I thought I would have to pay 50, 60 bucks for an Uber ride. Turns out light rail was still on until 2 in the morning. So took light rail right back to the airport. It was about 3 in the morning, 2 or 3 in the morning, where I hung out, slept there at the airport, and um, prepared to come back. Another brief, quick story. I've got to tell you, it's pretty funny. Got to the airport here in Charlotte, and... And got to the terminal and realized I left my phone. <laughs> I had to go all the way back on the shuttle bus to get my phone. I was so upset. Uh, coming up, I'm going to make some observations about Seattle and uh, some things we ought to look out for and much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast. I was telling you about my trip to Seattle. And 
I want to tell you about some observations while there. It's kind of interesting on the text line. This person asks, is the city as filthy and crime-ridden as reported on the news? I was not there long enough to make that kind of assessment on crime. It did seem relatively clean, to be honest with you, as I walked through the city, a number of blocks of the downtown area. It seemed to be a pretty nice area from what I was able to observe. I told you about my dilemma as I was looking for a restroom. And I went to a couple of Seattle officers and I said, hey, what's the deal with the bathroom? So why is everybody's bathroom closed? And they just shook their heads. And then I asked the important question, what do you guys do? He said, we just hold it. I want you to think about this for a minute. <laughs> You've got people out there who are supposed to protect your lives. And they can't even go into a public bathroom at a nearby business because of these policies. It was on the way back to the airport where when I got to the transit station... And I, it was there, I was looking for a restroom again. I mean, this is like hours later. And the transit people just all looked at each other, and one of them finally said to me, you can't keep bathrooms open because the vagrants will take over and people will do drugs in those bathrooms. Apparently, the drug use is a big problem. And it's one of the major reasons why businesses don't want this kind of presence. And they, therefore, they close the bathrooms to everybody. It was also intriguing when I got to the airport. Uh, it was really strange because Seattle's airport is open 24 hours. I always ask, this is a standard question for me. I always ask after missing a flight years ago in Knoxville because the TSA closed an hour before, maybe two hours before my flight. I always ask, what time do you close on the way out? And the Seattle TSA people told me, oh, we're open 24-7. I was like, wow. Busy airport number of airlines operating there that you don't see here like Alaskan Airlines has a huge presence there so anyway same question I pose what's the deal with the bathrooms in this city and the TSA officer just rolled his eyes and he said yeah the drug problem is huge and he said the sad thing is the city leadership has just given up our city this, these are his words I wish I had a recorder going and he said this is a big issue in the sense that we're turning over control to people with the problems who cause the issues and regular law-abiding citizens pay the price for it it's really sad isn't it but I'm just giving you a heads up this is what happens when leaders fail to address real problems. It was uh, quite intriguing, that particular aspect of things. Over on the text line, <laughs> this texture says, the problem is not the restrooms, it's your bladder. Welcome to senior living. <laughs> hey, senior my rear end. That is not a word that has any association with me. Just make that clear. <laughs> but overall, I do want to report it was a great time. It was uh, really cool now to have, and, and I intend to go back sometime to be able to spend more time in Seattle, check out some of the scenery there and other parts of the country and actually do some more international travel. That's one of my objectives for 2023. As I asked you earlier, what are your hopes, ambitions, dreams for the new year? Feel free to call or text those in because I would love to be able to share those right here on this program.
you are welcome to do so. The Ingalls Markets Talk Line, 800-928-1110, 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. A couple of news stories on the same subject. Fox News reporting on Kevin McCarthy. Some House Republicans concern McCarthy's speakership would continue past an ongoing Republican failures. You think? I've told you before, Kevin McCarthy is not a conservative. He's a politician. He has an F Liberty score. And apparently he's made some new commitments in his effort to get the votes he needs to become Speaker. House Republicans said McCarthy's commitments came impossibly late as the new Congress begins tomorrow. He's still tussling with some members of the party who are concerned electing him would be a continuation of past and ongoing Republican failures. Last week, he floated a congressional rule change that would make it easier to remove a House Speaker in exchange for his rise to the post. That's one of the key demands. Under the current rules imposed under Nancy Pelosi, only a member of the House leadership can offer a motion to vacate while the new proposal would allow any member of the House to force a vote to remove the Speaker at any time. So yesterday afternoon, McCarthy met with GOP members to try to rally support for his Speakership when the new Congress takes office tomorrow. The embattled Republican leader conceded rank-and-file members will be allowed to call for the Speaker's removal, though he wasn't clear about how many members would need to sign on to the motion. This meeting came after his letter, New Year's Eve, titled Restoring the People's House and Ending Business as Usual, which was his admission of the deep dysfunction of the House of Representatives and his pitch to make it right. In response to his letter, GOP Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania, Paul Gosar of Arizona, Chip Roy of Texas, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Andy Harris of Maryland, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, along with Representative Andy Ogles of Tennessee, a couple of others, sent a letter of their own. Regrettably, however, despite some progress achieved, Mr. McCarthy's statement comes almost impossibly late to address continued deficiencies ahead of the opening of the 118th Congress on January 3rd. At this date, it cannot be a surprise the expressions of vague hopes reflected in far too many of the crucial points still under debate are insufficient. This is especially true with respect to Mr. McCarthy's candidacy for Speaker, because the times call for radical departure from the status quo, not a continuation of past and ongoing Republican failures. Good for them. In fact, I'd love to hear more from Dan Bishop on this. In fact, we should reach out to him. See if he'd like to offer more thoughts on this speaker's vote, which happens tomorrow. Another perspective on this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Over on the text line in reference to... The restroom issue I mentioned in Seattle, this person says the Speedway stores and most Dollar Generals have closed their bathrooms because of people wiping poop on the walls. It's crazy. Just insane. Kevin McCarthy's not a smart man. We all know that. And this person adding he has no morals or compass is easily manipulated. That's why as a progressive Democrat, I look forward to his speakership. That's sad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mentioned there's another story, another version of this story. And this one comes 
from someone about the same subject. As you know, tomorrow is when the new House convenes. New members coming in. Interestingly enough, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer made the statement yesterday. He said he would be surprised if Kevin McCarthy does not have enough votes to become Speaker. Hoyer is stepping away from his leadership role. He will remain representing his district. But on CNN's State of the Union, it says he has a working relationship with McCarthy. When asked if the California Republican had what it takes to do the job of Speaker, Hoyer responded, we will see. If he gets the 218 votes, he has the ability to put together the votes to be the Speaker, the leader of the party. He will then be tested as to whether or not he can lead. But you know, he's worked pretty hard, pretty hard at this. He got close to the Holy Grail. He had to step back, but he had to give up. He did not give up. He kept going. It appears to me he will be the Speaker. A vote for Speaker is set to be conducted on Tuesday. McCarthy's path to the Speakership has been royal by opposition by at least five House Republicans who've said they will not vote for him. And they're looking for alternative candidates. Losing five votes could actually cost McCarthy the leadership post. House Republicans heading into the majority with 222. 222 seats to 212 for Democrats, one vacancy. McCarthy, for his part, brushed off a question last week asking how he plans to lock up support over the holidays, saying he plans to go home and have a really nice Christmas. If you believe that, give me a break. Several other Republican members have withheld support from McCarthy as they push for commitments on governing priorities and rules changes that would empower individual members. By the way, no speaker vote has ever gone to a second ballot in a century. It's been that long. A century. It's pretty amazing. So, what are your thoughts? Do you think McCarthy's going to pull this off? And do you think there'll be any difference here in how the House is run compared to Nancy Pelosi? Do you think he's actually going to be a good speaker if he does win? Or this should be a continuation of Republican policies of surrender. That's really what I've seen. I think that's what sums up much of what we've observed the last few years out of the Republican Party. The Surrender Caucus. But, I would be thrilled to death if I see something different and I'm proven to be wrong. On um, the cultural front, I think we all know what's going on down at the border. We are being overrun with illegal immigrants. Nobody knows this more than the folks down at the border, places like El Paso. When is it appropriate or inappropriate to make references to what is going on down there? That's the question that some are raising after something that occurred on the air during Friday's Duke Mayo Bowl. NC State's play-by-play announcer Gary Hahn has been suspended indefinitely for comments he made then. He was giving a score update for the Sun Bowl. And let's just listen to what he had to say. This is game involving an ACC team going on. That's the Sun Bowl. And amongst all the illegal aliens down in El Paso, it's UCLA 14 and Pittsburgh 6. That's with 11.15 to go in the second quarter. All right. I want you to listen to this again and tell me uh, what's wrong with these comments. Are they appropriate? Chris, play uh, Gary Hahn once again. One other bowl game involving an ACC team going on. That's the Sun Bowl. 
And amongst all the illegal aliens down in El Paso, it's UCLA 14 and Pittsburgh 6. That's with 11.15 to go in the second quarter. Among all the illegal aliens. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll tell you my opinion on this. This is what's called an unforced error. I mean, come on, folks. These are bowl games. People go, they're listening because they're interested in sports, not politics. And as much as you might agree with what he had to say, was it appropriate to make this kind of reference? <laughs> this texture saying, it is a true statement. Well, that it is. But do you say everything true that's on your mind? Is there a right time and place to make comments? That is the question. A very, very good question. Nonetheless, Mr. Hahn now suspended indefinitely over these remarks that were made. It'll be interesting to see his path back to the broadcast booth if it does indeed happen how does he get there does he have to apologize i don't know it is true we made a true statement what was the offense do you think this was actually overkill in the suspension or do you think that action was entirely appropriate? Good question to ponder as we see this particular story play out. Coming up, we're going to talk about a controversial issue here in Charlotte. But I think it's something that will be of interest to those of you in areas south of the border as well. Because it goes to the heart of the ongoing cultural conversation that we've been having about slavery, about history, and how we deal with these things appropriately. That much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. We're back on the Vince Coakley radio program. Let's start here on McCarthy. Conservatives have less power than in the past because they have more moderates who want to be re-elected. McCarthy, a moderate, will be elected speaker. You know, to that question as to why somebody like him would rise to the top in the first place, and people ask, you know, why can't we get a conservative there? You need to understand most of the caucus is not conservative. They're not. So they want a person like them which is why he has the majority of their support right now. Also, over on the text line, on the announcer making reference to illegal immigrants, Vince, let's be honest, if he would have made a statement trashing President Trump or Republicans and conservatives, he'd probably get a promotion. <laughs> I don't know about that. Was the commentator speaking about illegal aliens attempting to make a joke about ACC players in a pack venue? Wonder if it was just an awkward attempt at immigration humor. Anyway, yeah, unforced error. God bless. Get well, brother. We also have this. I'm tired of being censored for the truth. The left lies all the time. He's a great broadcaster and should get his job back. We will see. Jeff writes in, Get well soon, Vince. I've battled sickness off and on during the Christmas season. That's why this has been the least festive Christmas that I've had in years. When my voice is scratchy and such, I usually tell people that the air horn is missing a couple of chimes. Take care. <laughs> That's pretty good. And we also have this, Dexter. Just now able to tune in, Vince. Sound like you aren't feeling very well. I wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. 
And on the subject of aviation, as you've seen the Southwest fiasco unfold the last couple of weeks, instead of an airline bill of rights from the government, why don't we just let the free market control air travel and we'll get the service we want at a price we can afford. That's pretty much how it works. It should work, right? And people will punish the appropriate carriers for their incompetence. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. I want to get to something happening here in Mecklenburg County because it surely will be of interest to people everywhere. We've now learned that the county, Mecklenburg County, wants to reopen a historic site just north of Charlotte, a former slave plantation now known as Latta Place. There are plans for a new design, educational programming, and a name, name change. Now, the plantation was renamed in February, but closed after organizers last year promoted a racist Juneteenth event. County officials are working with Virginia-based design minds to create a comprehensive new format that would include a more complete story on life at the plantation with exhibits showing the lasting impact of slavery in Mecklenburg County. Cass Otley, who led the protest against the Latta Plantation Juneteenth event last year, feels hopeful about the first draft of the plan and that discomfort is necessary for growth. She said, you go to a Holocaust museum, you learn the history, feel the pain for the Jewish people. Why is it not different at Latter Plantation? Why are they not teaching the history of these Africans that were enslaved? It's because white people don't want to feel uncomfortable. Nothing ever changes when you're comfortable. While county government is still taking community feedback and finalizing its plan for the site, Latta Place, according to the Observer, will prioritize the truth about what happened on the plantation. And this story in the Observer goes on with the history of the plantation. It's on 742 acres. That was what James Lotta started way back in 1800. At one point owned 34 enslaved people who harvested cotton on the land. Pretty extraordinary. Dan Aldridge, chair and professor of Africana Studies at Davidson College, says it's important to preserve and tell the story of plantations and acknowledge the presence of slaves, a real part of our history. We've got to accept what the past was like, things that are comfortable, things that are uncomfortable. The question is, how will Latta Place change? Initial plans call for Latta Place, published to the county's website in December, show options that include living history exhibits, a research center, and in-person interpretation. One of the options in the design shows a new visitor center, new replica slave dwellings, and a gazebo. Another design option shows a smaller visitor center, public art, and extended parking. And, of course, the big question is how to tell the story. So it's likely the final recommendation will be a blended fourth option that includes community and stakeholder feedback and initial recommendations. I'm kind of curious, especially, and it may not be something you answer today, maybe in the future. How many of you have been to Lada Plantation and your observations about it and what you'd like to see there, your concerns about what's happened in, in the past. This text would like to know, will they start by explaining who actually sold the Africans into slavery? <laughs> also this, I read an article about slavery is not racist. Think about what slavery means, this texter saying. Another ongoing story to watch as it unfolds in the year 2023. Another important conversation right here in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area, but with implications far beyond. Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 